one. Hello and welcome to the First and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in Bloomington, Indiana. Week two of the college football season is in the books, and we're here to talk about all things Big Ten in week two, a very eventful week in the Big Ten, including the first ever regular season loss for Ryan Day's Ohio State Buckeyes. No Ohio State victory shirt this week for Reed. The first time in the history of the victory shirt that we haven't had it on a recap in the regular season. Not So not including the Bama game. Um, Reed's got a pitch shirt instead today. Reed, what's going on? Well, today I'm rocking with a shirt. Um, there's multiple different interpretations you could have for this. Um, you could say that we're in, in a bottomless pit of despair. The pit of misery. Dilly dilly. Yeah. Or you could look at it from a little bit of a brighter angle in that uh, I'm celebrating Pitt's win over Tennessee because if you've been listening to the show since day one, you know I'm not quite fond of the Tennessee Volunteers. So shout out to those Pittsburgh Panthers. They're going to go on and do great things this year. Hopefully they won't do great things, though, against Georgia Tech when I'm in the stadium for that game, cheering for the Yellow Jackets. But that's beside the point. Ohio State, uh, lots to discuss from that game. Not the happiest week, too, but you know what? It happens. It was, it was a rough – it was a tough team in Oregon. Uh, you'll have that. And, of course, it was not a conference game, so, of course, Ohio State still uh, can totally go and win the Big Ten, potentially get in the playoff. Um It'll, it's going to be hard, but you know what is what it is. You got to move on. Absolutely. And, and that's, let's get into our storylines of the week here first. Um, and before we and, do that, let's do the trivia question. Okay. That's right. The trivia question, Reed. What you is gotta, your trivia you question? Remember the trivia question. I, I got to start remembering the trivia question. Introducing I'm, it in, my, in my head and in our notes, it's always at the bottom. So you guys forget yeah, that we have to introduce it. At the very it. top right here. It's written right at the top. My bad. I don't know if you can see it. My bad. Right there. Reed, trivia question. Let's go. So. As many know, this Saturday, Ryan Day received his first home loss as an Ohio State head coach. Also first, first regular, regular season, season loss. loss. Hasn't lost yeah. an away game, a true away game. Urban Meyer's first regular season and first home loss also came on the same day. I want to know which team that was against. So to repeat, Ryan Day recently had his first home loss and first regular season loss. Who handed the first home loss? and regular season loss to Urban Meyer when he was Ohio State's head coach. I'll give Which you guys team a, was that? I'll give you guys a hint. That was a good year for Ohio State. And uh, I don't know. We're going to get yeah, into one it. One loss but... didn't define it. Hopefully one loss will not define this season for Ohio State. That's the question At for, least hopefully for this for me. team. Yeah, that's many, the question. Many people listening to this may feel, uh, may have a different opinion than I do on that. Because Ohio that's State the is a pretty widely hated team. No but kidding. <laughs> is what it is. It happens. Uh, success tends to do that, but that's my storyline of the week. Let's get into it. Um, Ohio State doesn't look like invincible anymore. They don't look invincible. Um, and that's a change from every other Ryan Day or Ohio State team we've seen. And I don't know about invincible, but, you know, in Big Ten play, they, they've certainly looked uh, pretty Just impossible as close to, it as, to solve, as close to it. I mean, the closest they've gotten to losing a regular season game in the last, you know, before Saturday was a seven-point win against Indiana last season at home in a game that they led by three scores most of the way until the Hoosiers mounted a furious comeback late. But other than that, they've been, you know, pretty much bulletproof in the regular season. And they don't – they this team is certainly beatable, number one, because they just lost. But not just do they look beatable. They've got flaws. Um, they've got serious flaws. Number one on the offensive side of the ball, they, they just can't move the ball the way they used to. Um, and I think there were some issues with offensive philosophy. Um, 
Mayan Williams shouldn't be getting that many carries. I like Mayan Williams. I think he's a good player, but he's not a high volume back. He's not JK Dobbins. Um, I don't think CJ Stroud's ready for the big time. That's another thing. He just made so many overthrows. It was frustrating to watch. Um, but that's not the big issue for Ohio State. The big issue is the defense. And this was an issue last season too. It really, really, really killed them this week. It killed them. Kerry Combs has to go. Um, that's just not, a, not even a question anymore. This guy – the defense just isn't there. It is not an Ohio state level defense. This is a team that's prided itself for years on defense and on being an intense defensive team. DBU. Remember when Ohio state was DBU? BIA. We called ourselves best in America. Best in America. Yeah. So not the case for this year's secondary. Not even years. close. Not even close. You think, you think seven banks is part of DBU. You think he would, he would compete with, uh, I mean, help pick your favorite Jeff Akuda or, I mean, any of them. There, there are too many to list. This team just doesn't hold a candle to that. Um, and I think they're beatable. I think they're going to drop a conference game this year. I, I'm of the opinion that they finish 10-2, and 9-3. and three. Um, And I still think that uh, it's going to be a close year in the Big Ten East, and there's a chance they still win the Big Ten East and end up in Indy. But it's not the guarantee that it's been for the last few years. Um and that, that is certainly a change and a first under Ryan Day that Ohio State's fallen back down to earth a little bit. I think they're still very good and very talented. This is still Ohio State we're talking about. But there are some holes in Superman's armor. Or Superman didn't have armor, but you know what I'm saying. I see they're, what you're saying. They've see, got issues. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with what a lot of you are saying there. So my big takeaway – I have two big takeaways. One of them is a, I shouldn't say I have two big takeaways. I have two takeaways. One of them is much smaller than the other, but the big one is about Ohio state and with Ohio state, I would say stats don't tell the whole story for this game because you look at CJ Stroud stats. I had 484 yards. That's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable number of yards for quarterback. You look at that, you say that guy balled out, but you watch the game and you see a lot of lots of overthrows, lots of inaccurate passes. A lot of those 484 yards came from passes where the receivers had to be where Garrett Wilson was jumping to get to every single ball. Um, you know, and you look at late game, CJ Stroud, the pass, the, the interception he threw, it's not really that he threw an interception that bothered me. It was the fact that Chris Olave is wide open and he threw it 10 yards over him. Um, but, you know, one mistake doesn't define you as a quarterback. Um, and when I watched this game, my instant reaction, I texted you about this, Patrick, I was I was sitting here thinking CJ Stroud is bad. I was right. pissed off. I was like CJ Stroud is not a good quarterback. He's not ready, and that's irrational. That was me in the moment getting too upset about something I couldn't control. Um, CJ Stroud is not a bad quarterback, and the th- here's the thing though: while he's not a bad quarterback, he is also not Justin Fields, and he's not close to Justin Fields. And the coaching staff is continuing to coach and call plays for this team as if Justin Fields is still their quarterback. Ohio State under CJ Stroud cannot be throwing as many deep balls as they are. Because the only way a defense comes into play Ohio State, they expect a lot of deep balls, especially under Justin Fields, Ohio State team. They're they're expecting a lot of deep passes to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. The only way to actually connect and have a successful deep passing attack when the defense knows it's coming is to pass the ball with surgical precision. And Stroud just can't do that. Which is fine because not every there's a reason Justin Fields was in the Heisman race uh, his first year at Ohio State. There's a reason Justin Fields was a first round draft pick. There's a reason why I think he's going to become an NFL starter and he's going to do quite well at that position. 
Um, it takes time to develop into that kind of player. CJ Stroud clearly one day he might be there, but that's not what he is yet. So Ohio State's play calling has to be much better. The offensive philosophy, like you were talking about, it has to revolve more around running the ball, running the ball when it makes sense to run the ball, having option plays, having Stroud run it, and doing more crossing routes to Jackson Smith and Jigba, more out routes to Chris Olave. We can't be going deep every single time. A lot of it has to be Ohio State's offense this year is going to be mainly passing and it's going to be mainly short gains. My biggest problem with C.J. Stroud, of course, the overthrowing is an issue, but that's something that's easily fixable, especially under Ryan Day. He's a great quarterback's coach. That's what he was before he was the team's head coach. He knows what he's doing there. That's going to be a fixable issue. You can always fix overthrowing a player. And especially because almost every single throw was that way, I think that's an easy fix. That's, you know, one mistake that was consistent. You, you fix that and you're more accurate faster. The, the bigger problem with C.J. Stroud, which is something that was a huge issue for J.T. Barrett, and one of the reasons J.T. Barrett never was able to become an NFL quarterback or, you know, take Ohio State to a national championship or anything like that, his indecisiveness. Stroud, a couple times in this game, he was looking like there's a perfect land for him to run. He's still thinking, should I pass it? Should I run it? When I run it, how fast should I be going? Where He's not decisive enough, and this would happen with J.T. Barrett a lot, where he would, he would have – two options in front of him. And if he picked one or the other, either way it would end up working out. But since he was stuck between the two, neither worked out. And the same kind of thing is going on with CJ Stroud. It's third and 10. He's rolling out to pass. He's got the ability to run and he can probably pick up that first down, but he's sitting there. He's, he's second guessing himself. He doesn't know what to do. He ends up either throwing a bad pass or picking up three yards. That's the biggest issue for Stroud is how well can he run this ball? So I think in practice this week, they have to especially be working on, how to get him involved in the running game because last year that's all he did for the team. Of course, he didn't get many snaps, but in the few snaps he did, he was only running. He had never attempted to pass until this season. So Stroud definitely has the ability to run. I don't think as mobile of a quarterback as Justin Fields is, but he totally can be that kind of player. And I think he's going to need to be if his passing accuracy and especially his deep ball doesn't improve the way I hope it does. So the offensive philosophy has to be better. I also think Stroud needs to improve on, uh, on the read options where, you know, he can hand it off or he can take it on his own too often. He's handing the ball off and we're losing three yards when, if he keeps it for himself, he's picking up 10. I think his judgment needs to improve. But other than that, I think my initial reactions as to how Stroud played from a quarterback and perspective were unfair to him because obviously Stroud has not been the starter. Um, this is his second game starting. He's a young guy. I, I want to say, what is he 19? He's a pretty young player. And he's being thrown into a difficult game. I mean, Oregon, even without Thibodeau, that's a difficult team you're playing against. Yeah, you're playing against. So, um, and, and to be able to get it, get 484 yards in what I would consider a rough game, that's impressive. So, um, obviously, I hold him to a high standard because he's putting on that Ohio State jersey and he's the number one quarterback. But um, us as Ohio State fans, uh, I've seen a lot of people praising him too much because of that yard total, which I think we should not do. But at the same time, a lot of people have been bashing him. And a lot of the faults um, are either easily fixable or not his fault. Uh, or a, a lot of the you know, mistakes on the Ohio State team are either easily fixable, like I said, with that passing accuracy thing. I think he can get that sorted out pretty soon. Or the coaching staff's fault. Ryan Day, he needs to rework this offense so that we're not trying to do things that only Justin Fields can do. Cause Justin Fields is just a different kind of player that you're not going to have year in year out. And another thing about Stroud, the people who are calling for him to be benched and things like that, that's ridiculous because no matter what you think of Stroud's quarterback performance, Quinn Ewers isn't going to do what, what Stroud can do. Kyle McCord is not going to do what Stroud can do. 
Jack Miller is not what Stroud could do. Stroud is your best option. And it doesn't matter how good or bad that option is. He is your best option. He's what you got to stick with. So um, that's kind of my whole soapbox about the Ohio State offense is that Stroud's got some problems, sure, but he's a young guy. He's got time to develop. He's going to become better. And the underlying issues for this team lie in the hands of Ryan Day. Plus with the defense, every Ohio State comment section uh, and, and the comments and all the tweets and everything on Instagram is saying fire Coombs, fire Coombs. I don't actually agree with that. I think we just need to get a new guy calling plays because I Coombs has been the coach here for a while and then he went to the NFL for a little bit. But for a while, when we were BIA and our secondary was unbelievable, he was the guy there and he's an excellent recruiter too. He needs to be on this Ohio State coaching staff. We just need better play calling on defense. We need somebody with better eyes for how to react when you have L just going crazy on us. And when you're talking about Ohio State, how you think they're going to drop a conference game, I totally agree with that. I think we're losing to Michigan State this year. You look what C.J. Verdell did to us. Wow. Kenneth Walker III, absolutely going to do the same thing. And unless Ohio State figures out how to combat that quickly, I don't see them winning. And, of course, Indiana definitely is going to pose a difficult challenge to Ohio State, still Penn State. I think Indiana's inability to run the ball uh, at the level that a team like Michigan State or Indiana – And I say Indiana's issue – Indiana's issue is Michael Penix Jr. At the end of the day, though, Penix can fix it, and Penix caused the defense hell last year. I don't know if he can. I don't know. I think there's some underlying issues there with him, and that's what I want to talk about. Even if it's Penix, even if if Penix is the issue, I I, I still just think that Indiana can't beat Ohio State if, if they can't run the ball the way a guy like Mo Ibrahim, C.J. Verdell, Kenneth Walker can run. I actually bring up another storyline this week for me, just, you know, briefly touch on this Indiana game, a game I was actually on the sideline for, which was pretty fun. Um, Michael Penix Jr., I thought this was going to be the week against Idaho and FCS team where he looks more comfortable and gets back in the rhythm of the offense. He didn't at all. He didn't look good. Um, Yeah, he didn't throw a pick. Um, He was 11 for 16 for 68 yards and two touchdowns. And Indiana won 56 to 14. So you you, you can't complain, but – he doesn't look like the same player that he was before the injury. Um, they just refuse to throw the ball to the left side of the field. I think there's, I think some of it's mental, some of it's physical. It breaks my heart because this is a guy who was so fun to watch and had so much potential. And I really hope he figures it out. He doesn't look like the same player. Um, and they took him out of the game um, in the third quarter for Tuttle, but that's because they were up by 40 points. So I wasn't concerned by that. I think the answer was you don't want to get him hurt in garbage time and that's good, but I did want to see him get more comfortable and get better in the flow of the game. And he just didn't. Um, And I think that's really going to hold Indiana back if they want to, you know, I mean, this team is very ambitious. Tom Allen's very ambitious. with what he wants for the team. The team's not going to be able to meet any of those ambitions if he's not hundred um, percent. And he doesn't even look 50% right now. Um, and it sucks. And the running game was better. Stephen Carr had a big had a big night. Uh, special teams were good. Defense was good. Michael Penix was not. Um, and I think if it keeps up in the Cincinnati game, it this is going to sound heretical coming from me, but it wouldn't shock me if Jack Tuttle's playing at some point. Um, so you because, you you like Indiana's chances more with Tuttle than you do with Penix? I'm not saying that at all. I think there's. I think if Penix figures it out then yes, panics a hundred percent. This guy, when he's on, he's on, but from what we've seen from him this year, it just, maybe he figures it out. I don't know. 
But if he really, there's a chance he struggles against, and I don't want to preview Cincinnati because it's a different episode, but Cincinnati's got an excellent secondary. Cincinnati's got excellent cornerbacks. Um, if he really struggles early against Cincinnati, I think he gets pulled. Uh, that's not me saying one way or another who, what I think the decision should be or how I think how much better I think they'd be with one guy or another. But I think that that's what could happen if if that's if they struggle early. If he struggles early, uh, I think for his sake and for the team's sake, they're going to move on quick in that game. Maybe not for the season, but in that game. And I don't I don't know. Uh, I thought this was going to be the week to figure it out. And he didn't. And uh, I think that is a cause for concern for Hoosier fans. Yeah, one thing in my notes for this game is, you know, we were talking about this being a tune-up game. I was hoping to see a little more tuning up than there was. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game does not give me you, – you look at any of the stat lines. that There's nothing that you look at for a game against Idaho and say, oh, yeah, this team can go and beat Cincinnati. I saw Cincinnati. They were in the third quarter tied 7-7 with Murray State. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Indiana is going to win this game against Cincinnati. I'm going to go. I'm going to be in Bloomington for this game. Indiana is going to get to win. It's awesome. true. You look at the game against Idaho. There is nothing from Indiana that suggests that. And there I'm having a, a little rough bit. time at school. And I'm defending. I'm not even a real Indiana fan. I mean, if I go to Indiana, sure, I'll, I'll definitely become a fan. But I'm not even an Indiana fan yet. And I'm in here at school trying to defend Indiana. And I'm having a hard time because they're not giving me a lot to work with. Can I had I a lot to something? work with last year. But this year. Not as much. And I'm having a rough time defending the Hoosiers when any kind of sports discussion comes about. Uh, there is a lot to like about this team. The special teams is excellent. They blocked two punts. Um, That's only going to get you so far, though. They, they returned a kick. Uh, those were awesome plays. I think DJ Matthews is, is an electric player. He's so fun to watch. He returned a, a punt to the house. Uh, and the defense still looks great. Uh, and the and defense, I think, in the second half of that Iowa game, looked like the defense we saw last year and it wasn't their fault. The defense was good that whole Iowa game, but especially in the second half, the defense is figured out the issues are Nick Sheridan's play calling, which I've talked about a nauseam on here. And Michael Penix just not looking like himself. Uh, I don't know if he's still hurt. I don't want to speculate. I don't know anything. This is not me speculating here, but it feels like something's up with him. He just doesn't look like the same player. Um, and it sucks. It really does because he was, you know, he is a talented guy and he, he seems like a great guy and uh, it, you know, it's hard to, hard to not root for him, but he just hasn't been hundred percent this year, not even close. So uh, I don't know what to expect from him going forward, but I, I know for a fact, if Indiana is going to be the team they want to be, it starts and ends with him. And that I said that before the season, I'll say it again. Now that's just how it is. Anyway, moving on from that, uh, let's do our players of the games and our player of the week. Let's talk about some good players, some players who really shined, who had some excellent games. Reed, who are your best players this week? Who sticks out? Who's on the re- Who's on the all Reed team this week? Well, I don't like to give this to a non Big Ten player because for every game when when the Big Ten team loses, um. I'm still picking a Big Ten MVP for each game, but player of the week, CJ Verdell was insane for Oregon. That guy, and, and he was kind of, sort of absent in the second half. He didn't really show up, but that first half, Ohio State had no response for him. Um, and he was in he was in the passing game and the running game, but especially 
on on that fourth and one, that one killed Ohio State when he when he took it to the house. But there were just situations where it'd be third down. Ohio State thinks they're finding it out, and then CJ Riddell just punches him in the throat. Anthony Brown at quarterback too, he was pretty strong. Um, so really, just Oregon as a whole. That the Oregon D line too, the way they were missing two terrific players, and we're still able to um, pressure Stroud, make him uncomfortable. Um, that was impressive to me. So really, just Oregon as a whole, they came in. To this game a much stronger team than i was expecting so i just got to give it to all of oregon um purdue as well i think david bell could be a potential player of the week or jack Plummer could be you could make a case from being player of the game what i like from jack can i, Plummer can is I give my player of the game to to just you to purdue's best player this game was the yukon huskies <laughs> that's true yeah. but uh you know jack Plummer, 16 for 20 145 yards and four touchdowns you don't see that every week from a purdue quarterback you expect even on a good day you expect at least like 10 UConn. completions one pick I think this is the first time I've ever seen a, a Purdue starting quarterback not throw an interception in a game where they throw more than 10 passes. It was against UConn. Let's, let's again, preface this true, again. True, Worst team true. in the country. Worst team in the country. Still. Take it with a great I got to give it to Plummer. He did do well. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to pick a player of the week, honestly, because like I said, the best player in a Big Ten game this week was C.J. Verdell, in my opinion. I agree. You also go Dante Demas Jr. He was phenomenal in that Maryland game. But, of course, again, it's against Howard. So, it's, Wait, it's, it's hard. It's can I hard ask to... you a question real quick? What was my score prediction for Maryland versus Howard? I don't have a clue, but I'm going to guess it's 62 nothing since that's I what the actual score is. I think it was 62-3 to three was my prediction. I was very close. I'm did almost write positive it down? I, wrote. I, I think I, I have mine not. written down, but I don't have yours. I did not. I'll go back and listen. We'll, we'll fact check this. Um, in the future, in the future. Uh, we'll keep a record of it. Yes, we will. Um, that way we can go. I think I was close though. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, by the way, can, can I, can I give my player of the week? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do the, the team thing for you too, but with a position group, um, my position group of the week, the Maryland wide receivers, Dante Demas yep. Jr. Rakim Jarrett and Jashawn Jones is terrifying. I know we all like to talk about the Ohio state receivers and Ty Fry Fogel and David Bell and, uh, you know, all those guys, these Maryland receivers, and I've said it a few times this year, I, I hadn't talked about Deshaun Jones. I talked about Demas and Jarrett and Demas and Jarrett this game. Oh man. Especially Demas. Look at that stat line. Six catches, 128 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jones is a reliable guy. He's a good target. I mean, he had 15 yards of catch on, on three catches. Those three guys, that is an incredible three-headed monster for Talia Tugavailoa. And part of the reason I have Maryland ranked in my top 25 right now, this offense is humming on all cylinders. Yes, they beat Howard, who is not very good. I mean, even for an FCS team, wonderful school, not a very good football team. They did beat him 79 to nothing a couple of years ago. Um, but that with the West Virginia win, which is an impressive W, this Maryland team I think is really good. I, I've got Maryland at this point winning eight or nine games. Uh it's this, possible, but it's hard in, in, in an East when you have Ohio State, Penn State, Indiana, and Michigan State. I think they can beat Penn State. I think they can beat Michigan can, State. I think they can. Can is key there. I think they can beat Indiana. I think they probably will beat Indiana. Um, this team's good. Uh, it's I'm all higher on them come together. Most. It really people is. People have been talking about this recruiting, this Loxley recruiting class all for a while. For, from the minute we started this show, it felt like we talked about Mike's, Mike Loxley's going to recruit D.C. He's going to recruit D.C. Maryland's finally going to recruit D.C. well. And he did. You got to recruit the DMV if you're. And playing. here it is. And here it is. Here's the results. It, it It is coming together, I think. I think that's the best way to put it. Maryland's 
finally figuring it out. Uh, this team's good. Uh, I, I don't want the – they played Howard. Don't let it fool you. I know they're horrible. But beating any team 62 to nothing is impressive. I don't care what level they are. I agree. Um, they're a D1 football team still, and they beat them 62 to nothing. That's that's impressive. That that doesn't – you know, bad teams don't win games 62 to nothing. Maryland's not bad at the very least, which is more than we can say about them most years in their – well, since they've been in the Big Ten. I'm impressed. Will it last in the conference play? We're going to have to wait and see. But I'm more confident than I especially was in 2019 when they got off to the hot start. I've yeah. got a good feeling about sure. that. I like Talia. I like this receiving core. I like this team. Sucks yeah, hopefully the this tennis. is not another 2019 situation where they get ranked and then, you know, they have their big game against Penn State and lose 59-0. <laughs> hopefully, because I want to see Maryland be good. I mean, I don't for Ohio State's purposes because yeah. we're already kind of in a hole, but you know, it's it's good to see a program. College football is more fun. I tweeted I tweeted something that affected this last year. I think I said college football is more fun when teams like Indiana are good. This totally applies to Maryland. College football is more fun when teams like Maryland, these smaller teams, I shouldn't say smaller because University of Maryland is a huge university, but teams who are not traditionally your blue blood powerhouses, it's college football is so much more fun when they um, show up. Syracuse a few years ago, they were a super fun team to watch when they were going to the, what was it, the Camping World Bowl or something. Um, and they had they beat Clemson one year, then they nearly beat Clemson uh, a couple years later. Just stuff like that. It's college football so much more fun when you have teams like Maryland really showing out. So I'm excited to see what the Terps do this year moving forward. Yeah, very interesting team. A team worth keeping an eye on, Maryland Terrapins. Uh, definitely feels like things are changing there. So, Reed, overall, though, who is your best player in Big Ten football this week? From, from the Big Ten side of things, we know C.J. Verdell had an excellent game beating Ohio State. But in terms of the 14 teams in the Big Ten, who was number one for you? Well, it's hard to say because the, the only th- three Big Ten teams who played like serious opponents are Ohio State, Iowa, and Michigan. Ohio State, um, I if I had to choose an Ohio State MVP, I'm going Jackson Smith and Jigba. He was consistent. He gave Ohio State, you know, Ohio State, everybody in the country knows Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. And of course, JSN is unbelievable. And every Ohio state fan knows him, but he's not as, as widely known um, among people who are not Ohio state fans or huge recruiting followers. Um, But he was just consistently a difficult player for Oregon to defend. He picked up a lot of yards. I I don't have his exact stat line on me right now, but he was, he got over a hundred yards. He got two touchdowns. He got a huge conversion on third down to get Ohio state back into the game to get him back on the board, put him within one possession. So JSN, he could get it. It's hard to choose one for the Iowa, Iowa state game. My MVP for that game. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I had Matt Hankins who had two interceptions for 41 yards. I don't know if that's player of the week worthy for the entire conference for Michigan, Blake Corm. He had a pretty good game, 171 yards and for three touchdowns. I guess he'll be my big 10 MVP player of the week. I'm going to say my player of the week this year or this year. Yeah. This, this whole year, the player of the week of the year, that could be an award at the end of the year, the player of the week of the year, the player who gets the most player of the weeks. Let's think about it. We could do that. Um, this is tough. Cause I wanted to say somebody on Iowa and looking at Iowa, there's not really a stat line that stands out. 
and yet they won by two scores. I'm going to say, yeah, there's not really. That's the thing. There's Iowa. They're, they're a team. They're not, they're not a group of individuals that when, when the team plays well, it's a team performance. No, there's, they're not really a team whose individuals are going to shine. Maybe Tyler Goodson now and then, but other than that, give give me, give me Jack Campbell. He had half a sack, but he had, he had eight tackles. Uh, he, he did make it an impact on this defense. I, I heard his name called quite a bit. So, um, yeah, Jack Campbell, uh, but just the whole Iowa defense. I know we have unit of the week seems to be a theme here this week, but Iowa impressive. I think they're legit. This seems like an Iowa year read. Possibly. I'm still a little bit hesitant to jump on that Iowa bandwagon. And I know that sounds, that sounds so stupid for me having beaten two ranked teams in by week two they have the most impressive resume in the country they do but again it's still early because i'm also also true because i picked iowa state last week so this is going to sound this is going to sound like i hate iowa i'm just being hateful but i iowa state there's still questions about their legitimacy as a top 10 top 25 whatever team so i still want to wait a little bit before i'm saying i was going to go win the big 10 west blah 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 but i think Weeks from now, we could be looking at a seriously exciting race between Wisconsin and Iowa for that Big Ten West title. That Wisconsin-Iowa game is shaping up to be a really exciting de facto Big Ten West championship. Talk to your kids about Top 5 Iowa. <laughs> if you guys remember that video from a, a few that years was, ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was a good video. Look, do yourself a favor. and I'm going to watch that again. They need to remake it. it. They, they probably will. No, they probably somebody probably will. I'll remake it. We can remake it here. Uh, all right. So that's enough Big Ten talk for this week. I think we we've broke down some of the big stuff here in the conference. Unless there's anything else from you, Reid. Um, I mean, do we want to go MVP game by game, or do we just? I think we've we've hit the big stuff. I think that's what yeah. we need to do is hit the one big person. Stuff. I want to shout out. One more. Olakunle Fatakasi from Rutgers. That Way guy pronounce that. Great job. really establishing himself as a threat on defense, a leader on this team. I'm just impressed by him week in, week out. And, I mean, again, we're only two weeks into the season. I can't wait to see what kind of stuff he does later on. And I'm afraid to see what he does to the Ohio State O-line. Um, I, I hate to make everything about Ohio State, but he's a player in the Big Ten East who is really tearing it up. Um, so, shout out to him. I also want to talk real quick about Peyton Thorne at Michigan State because – Obviously, it was just a game against Youngstown State, and it doesn't mean that much. But I like to see Peyton Thorne just be consistent and just have a game to settle in because really he has not had that one game this year to just – he has not had a tune-up as Michigan State's quarterback. I, I believe his first game or his first game where he got like legitimate minutes was against Ohio State, and that's just not fair to a young quarterback. And then last week going against Northwestern, a team notorious um, for being difficult to play – um, as an as an offense, you know, Northwestern, their defense is known for being terrific. So, and of course, there's questions about how terrific that Northwestern defense is this year. But either way, again, Peyton Thorne hasn't really had that time to settle in. He goes against Youngstown State, gets four touchdowns, 280 yards. He's yeah. solid, doesn't throw a lot of incompletions. I'm curious to see, because you look at Michigan State, I love their running game with Kenneth Walker III. If their passing game can be at least decent in this Michigan State offense sort of firing at all cylinders, I love the wide receivers in this team too, especially their, their top two, Reed and Naylor. 
what kind of Michigan State team are we going to see? Because I know you weren't very high on them, and I was a little higher on them, but I still I had them at six I'm and six. Starting to I'm starting to come around. I'm yeah, starting to, I was. I, I, I mean, I believe in them, but I had them at six and six. What kind of teams? Because we're looking at a potentially eight and four type team. You know, if Peyton Thorne can sort of dial in and again just against Youngstown State, so we can't conclude too much. But it's really just more of a what if. If Peyton Thorne can settle into being a Big Ten starting quarterback. We could be looking at a date. This is this could be a super dangerous Big Ten East this year. I think one of Maryland or Michigan State wins eight. Yeah, totally. I mean, I hell, maybe even Rutgers. You could maybe even you could, Rutgers. Throw Rutgers in there. One of those three totally. Uh, I could see winning eight games. Yeah, certainly. I'm gonna say one of those three will. Um, and Indiana might not. We'll see. Um, Let's look at the national landscape a little bit. We'll go around the country. Uh, number one, first big news. USC has fired head coach Clay Helton. Uh, you know, some new candidates here in the coaching search for the Trojans. There have been zero and Meyer rumors. I'm not sure if there's any smoke to that fire, though. Let's ignore it. Uh, Luke Fickle's a candidate at Cincinnati. Bob Stoops, the retired Oklahoma coach, another candidate, apparently. Uh, there was some somebody who listed Mario Cristobal at Oregon as a candidate. I don't see him leaving no way. Oregon. Not no a million way. years. That's a very good job. Uh, I don't know why you'd leave to go rebuild USC in your conference. Especially um, after, I mean, he already sort of built, rebuilt Oregon. And then after beating Ohio State, certainly. when it's all starting to come together, not a chance. Not in a million years. Um, my guess is Luke Fickle. Uh, if I had to yep. But I don't I don't know if I see him leaving Ohio. He's never coached outside of Ohio in his life. Oh, uh, uh, that's a bunch of hogwash. That doesn't, I mean, obviously, if he was offered, the his dream would be, he already was the Ohio state coach for a year. Maybe. His dream would be to be the permanent Ohio state coach. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine as a former Ohio state player and a guy who coaches in the state of Ohio now, but you can't tell me that if he's offered the USC job, he's going to say, nah, I want to stay in Ohio. I can't leave. Ohio. I got to stay in the American or I get, he's going to the big, big 12. 12. That's the other yeah, thing. They are going they're, to the big 12. moving up. To the that big could 12. change everything, but I guarantee you, even with the big 12, he's, I would bet he's getting more money at USC than he would at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's just an exciting opportunity to be coaching one of the storied programs um, in L.A. If they can start recruiting in L.A., then that's a really exciting. If they can start recruiting better in L.A. and better in California, that's an exciting possibility. I can't imagine Fickle would say, "Nah, I got to stay at Cincinnati. We'll see. Uh, I think it's entirely possible he does stay. But at the same time, it is USC. I mean, it's an incredible job. It's, I mean, I think that and, and USC – thing is usc is going to need a solid coach pretty badly because look what ucla is doing mm-hmm. their big rival and of course ucla with under well, Chip look Kelly at all their rivals better. notre dame's looking good oregon's mm-hmm. looking good ucla's looking good and if ucla uh, can, the other pack if, you, if ucla can Colorado, establish themselves colorado's looking good arizona state's looking good utah's looking good usc is at risk of falling behind if they don't nail this higher if usc loses their status as like the team in la to ucla in terms of just the brand mm-hmm. that's going to be tough for recruiting they need this badly both for the pac-12 and just for the state of california and the la area and for their brand right now you know who the best team in la is right now oregon 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 recruits southern california better than anybody and if you're usc uh that should be unacceptable and clay helton should have been fired years ago for that but he's gone now and now USC has to nail this hire. Anyway, a couple other things around the country, uh, just whipping around. Arkansas crushes Texas. Arkansas uh, welcomes Texas to the SEC, the first game against an SEC opponent since uh, Texas declared their intentions to switch conferences. Uh, horns down, 
storm the field, all that good stuff. Welcome to the SEC, Texas. Uh, have fun going five and seven every year. You know, I love seeing that, and I think Arkansas deserves a lot of respect. I can't stand the people who have Arkansas in their top 10 right now. Top or their 10. Top 10 or whatever. I have him at RJ like 23rd. Young. RJ Young from Fox Sports. This guy, I, I swear this guy, and I respect him a lot because he has a lot of sort of hot takes or takes that are not very commonly agreed with that seem to have a lot of reason behind them. I have Arkansas, when it comes to I have individual players. I have him 17th. Yeah. But especially when it comes to the individual players, this guy knows what he's talking about. However, when it comes to ranking teams, I swear this guy just says stuff for the sake of saying it. He just talks to hear himself talk, or he makes these rankings to get attention because he has Arkansas above Ohio State. Of course, five weeks from now, that could be that could be true, and that could be uh, Arkansas could deserve. But they've they've got one admittedly solid win against Texas. That, that, that's not enough for me to put them against the team that just was in the national championship. He also has had Rutgers in his top 15, I think, or at, maybe he's like, maybe they're like 17 or whatever. Um, that kind of frustrates me. Other than that, I love RJ young and a lot of the stuff he says, but, but some of his rankings, man, I mean, he, he had Cincinnati outside the top 15 going into this week. That's just bizarre to me. It's bizarre. And he's, dro- he's dropping Clemson way too low, in my opinion. Clemson, they had a close loss to the second-best team in the country in Georgia. And a lot of voters are really punishing them too harshly for that. I still have Clemson at five. They played a, a decent game against Georgia, and that's a hard thing to do. Anyway, that, that's, that's enough of, of rankings talk for now. I get too worked up on this stuff. One more thing around the country. Uh, for those of us who are hoping for a team to challenge Clemson in the ACC – uh, it looks like one of those challengers is severely uh, hurt uh, going forward. Not trying to, I don't, I don't know another way to put it. Uh, they're not going to be quite as good. Uh, looking like Phil Jerkovic, the quarterback at Boston College, is going to be done probably for the year. And this is a guy who I've I've been high on. I think he's a very good quarterback in Notre Dame transfer. Uh, he will not be playing the rest of the season. He's doubtful to actually. So he, it's entirely possible he does return, but probably not anytime soon. Uh, and I was thinking that Boston College could be a sneaky team to maybe upset Clemson this year and give them their second loss. Without Jerkovic, I don't know if that's going to happen. Doesn't matter. Clemson's going to go to the ACC championship and lose to the Pitt Panthers, baby. I'm calling it. No, I'm just kidding. It's not going to happen. Fail to Pitt. But <laughs> hey, listen, Pitt's firing up. I mean, if you're familiar with the concept of the Pitt super weapon, that thing is charging, baby. Mm-hmm. When it fires, hey, the, the Pitt super weapon is going to destroy Clemson when they come to Heinz Field. Please, <laughs> this has been a chaotic college. It needs season. some revenge. They had, they they got destroyed in the ACC championship against Clemson a couple of years back. Yeah, they're they're dying for some revenge. I can tell you right now. Two more things before we go. Uh, number one, thirteen AP top twenty-five teams have lost so far this season, uh, or thirteen ranked teams have had a loss. That's the most ever through two weeks. I think this is shaping up to be another two thousand eight. If you don't remember 2008, seven or, or two, oh my god, what the hell am I talking about? No worries, 2007, my god. Well, uh, clearly, well, I mean, I was three during that, so um, I shouldn't be talking about if you don't remember. If you don't remember or were not alive, or not for familiar, it, haven't done any research not on familiar. it, yeah. Um, yeah, if you're not familiar, um, that year, tons of upsets. The number two team in the, in the country lost several weeks in a row. Um, tons of upsets. Kansas made a BCS game. Um, you know, in Kansas was, I think, what were they, number two in the nation at one point? 
Stuff got crazy. USF was number two in the nation at one point, and Rutgers upset them. It was an unbelievably bizarre year. A lot of this is what I'm saying about this season. Alabama looked invincible against Miami. Other than that, no team so far, I guess maybe Georgia too, but no team has looked invincible. Even Oregon, who just beat Ohio State and is jumping in a lot of rankings, they looked pretty beatable against Fresno. And of course, Fresno is a strong team, but still, against Fresno, you don't want to be looking beatable. So a lot of teams, it's hard to rank a top 10 this year because you, there's a lot of teams who in a regular year, they wouldn't be a top 10 caliber team. But this year, there's a lot of, I see a lot of upsets coming down the line. Chaos This season, could be a, a perfect year. And this would be a perfect year for a 12-year playoff. Because it's going to be, I think this is going to be one of the hardest playoffs to ever decide. I agree. Um, because there's like lots of chaos, I think. Chaos I think season. there's going to be at least um, one uh no i'll say at least three one loss teams in the playoff i could see a two loss team getting in this year and maybe even two two loss teams i don't know i could i'll see either a a two loss or maybe a group of five champion or something there's the the playoffs gonna be crazy i am here for some chaos i don't know about you i'm here for a chaos season one more thing we need it after last year certainly certainly hey reed who was the first team to give urban meyer a home loss in his ohio state tenure our trivia question just like this week against oregon it was a week two home game for ohio state against the it wasn't a big game kickoff though it was a nighttime i want to say abc maybe it was espn but it was the nighttime game in the shoe against the hokies of virginia tech mm-hmm. virginia tech handed ohio state urban meyer's first ever regular season loss and his first ever home loss but it turned out all right for Ohio State. That was their one yeah, last turned, year. They really kicked, <laughs> turned up to high gear, and they won the national championship. Yeah, it turns that, out that year. Turns out that was a fun year. Yeah, hopefully Ohio State will be the same. But on, another team who beat Ohio State in week two, I would say this is this th- this game was more similar to the Oregon game than the Virginia Tech game was. Oklahoma, four years and I want to say two days um, before this Oregon loss, Oklahoma came in the shoe. Baker Mayfield planted the flag. Ohio State went on to go, what was it, ten and two, uh, win the Big Ten, and then go to the Rose Bowl. Or no, no, no. Yeah, no, they went to the Cotton Bowl that year. They went to the Cotton Bowl, beat USC. Um, yeah, they, they beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship. Then they beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. Um, I feel like this year is is going to be more representative of that 2017 year where they go on and, and lose to an Iowa or this season. Hint, hint, I think it'll be Michigan State. Um, but who knows? Maybe this will be a national championship year. It is a chaos year. 2014 was a pretty chaotic year. Ohio State, they were in the first in the first playoff bowl. Hey, they were number 16. Multiples of seven, 2007, 2014, 2021. You are on to something, Mr. Feltz. Ohio State, national champions. Book it right now. Start putting all your money in them while for, you're, you're going to get a, the record, a great return. Ohio State did play in the 07 national championship against LSU and lost that season they played the, well they played in january 07 and they played in january 08 they played january 07 against florida and lost i believe yeah. or was that the year before was that january 06 i think that was 06 yeah it was 06 and never mind they lost to lsu don't quote me on that though i could be wrong that's it's not all my the same. i wasn't of, quite i was i was too much of a youngin to be a real ohio state you were fan then. too busy with you know putting random objects in your mouth and yeah too busy you know, building blocks and learning how to read and learn shapes and stuff you were learning how to read it too I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking, <laughs> okay, maybe I was too busy. I don't know. 
We're doing whatever two-year-olds do. Crawling around. <laughs> Can you walk it too? You know, two-year-old things. No idea. I don't yeah. know what two-year-olds do. You know, definitely not watch national championships and remember them, but <laughs> if there's any two-year-old who would, it's you. That's true. <laughs> That'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening to the First and Dead podcast, and we will see you next time. Later this week, we'll do a live show. First and Dead Live. We'll have more later. I'm going to be in Bloomington. He will. We will be in Bloomington. We'll be in probably Patrick's apartment. Maybe we'll be in some other place on campus. Who knows? It'll be a crazy, crazy time. You're going to want to tune in, get on First and Ten Live, send us your questions, send us your comments, send us your concerns. Um, it's going to be a fun, fun episode, and I just can't. I'm absolutely buzzing to be in Bloomington. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. And then it's going to we'll be, be a crazy it. week of sports. We got. We're going to be in the stadium for Indiana Cincinnati. We got Auburn Penn State coming up. That's going to be a huge game in our preview episode. We're going to talk about that's something that you got to have a lot of focus on because Auburn's looking strong. Penn State's looking strong. It's going to be a whiteout. Terrific week of football coming up. Also, Ohio State Tulsa. You never know what Tulsa is going to bring because last year Tulsa was a pretty solid team. Yeah. Well, they don't look quite as solid this year. They lost to an FCS team, but uh, you never know. I guess Ohio State this year, anything's possible. You do never know. And that'll do it for our show. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.